Welcome to this episode of ISV Talks. I'm Carol Livingston, the owner of Dynamics Connections and your host of ISV Talks. And on this episode, I'm really excited to have Mark Rockwell from Rockton Software. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. And great to be here today. I really appreciate you taking the time, Carol. Yeah, I'm really excited about our conversation. And I know you have lots of experience on the channel, so it'll be really fun today. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. I know you've been working with Rockton Software for a long time. And so tell us a little bit more about you. Would love to. First of all, thanks for getting my name right. Uh, <laughs> I thought that there's a lot of people who do actually think that we're either Rockwell Software or that my name is Mark Rockton. It's a common thing. People wonder where'd the name come from and why are they so similar? Well, I, I learned from a guy a long time ago. He was actually, Doug Durst was his name. He ran the Durst Group and he said, Hey, if you ever have a company, don't name the company after yourself because People know when there's a problem, who to go to. And so I thought we'd get really, really clever. Well, my life partner and my wife, Kelly Sexton, who many people in the challenge, uh, channel know really well, her last name is Sexton. So we put our names together to create Rockton Software because nobody's looking for accounting software at sexwell.com. <laughs> so tell us, how did the company get started and what's your company history? So I think you kind of alluded to that. Yeah, but <laughs> Yeah. So I started out as a, as a custom dexterity developer in the Dynamics GP channel about 25, 28 okay. It's been a long time, quite a while ago. I did custom development work for dexterity and therefore mm -hmm. Great Plains. And as I went through working with other with several customers and whatnot, we found that these customizations that we worked on were had general appeal to a lot of people. So they became products, which we sold. And then, man, we're 20, almost 25 years in business now. And we've sold several thousand. I've got over 100,000 users and so. And I just really enjoy software. I love creating software and solving problems with software. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So kind of getting into the products, can you give us a basic description of your products and, you know, what do you have for Dynamics? Yeah, we make work simpler and easier. And so specifically, we started with Great Plains and MSGP and making some of the features of it work better. We have a tool called SmartFill, which is like a Google style search. We have a toolbox utility tool, which helps administrators and some other features like that. We've got a report manager called Dynamics Report Manager. It helps you launch reports anywhere from inside of Dynamics GP, including Excel reports, Word reports, and all that, launch and email and schedule as well. We've got an auditing product because the auditing inside of GP needs a little bit of help. We have OmniPrice, which we've had for a long time, which helps with advanced pricing. We have Exchange Rate Import, which works with four different providers to import your foreign exchanges on an automated basis. And then our newer product is RPM Rockton, which is an advanced version of OmniPrice that does lots of advanced okay. pricing, margins, commissions, rebates, all kinds of calculations like that. Okay, great. So of those, I know you have lots of different solutions. So which ones are most popular and why are they popular? The most popular is SmartFill. And SmartFill okay. is kind of funny because it is a product. Uh, I've got my phone here. I've got a pop socket on the back. And I never knew that I needed a pop socket. But now that I have a pop socket, I cannot live without one. SmartFill is kind of that way inside of GP as well, because it allows you to do like a Google style search with stuff. So if you're looking for like a GL account of in most of them are massive amounts of numbers. Well, you can just type the word tax, hit the tab key, and then a shortened list of just those accounts that have the word tax. You, you select that one and the number pops in. 
So it's a, it's a common sense tool. We call it the 12 step recovery program because it takes 12 mouse clicks to go through and do a regular lookup, which is really inefficient. And so uh, that's a, oh my that's gosh, a one. yes. Uh-huh. We, and I think we have, uh, you know, across the board over a hundred thousand users and users using our products these days. So it's, it's, and that one's been incredibly popular. The next most popular one would be our auditor and toolbox products. Auditor just being the tracking of who changed what, when, where, and why. And what's really funny about about auditing is that people are really concerned about fraud. And fraud is one reason to have auditing. And the audit system inside of GP is very, very limited. But what we found it more useful for, because we used it for a long time in our own company, is that sometimes you're on a GP screen and you fat finger something. And you're like, uh, then you turn around and then you get involved and then you come back. And when you go to close that screen, they're like, hey, do you want to save your changes? And you're like, oh, gosh, I have no idea. That's one thing I really get irritated with. You want to save your changes? You're like, I guess so, because I don't know what I did. And so you hit save. And then you go mail some you know, right. later on, and you realize that the address says QWGFK. And you're like, what's that for? Well, you can go back in the audit log and see what you accidentally typed over. And you can re- kind of restore back that one thing, which is really kind of a, a fascinating little thing. And then Toolbox mm-hmm. is very popular because of its ability to help system administrators manage logins, the ability to kick users out of the system, manage security. And there's like 28 tools, all kinds of stuff uh, inside there. Just really handy stuff. Great. Well, um, and I know personally, SmartPill is awesome. So I think every GP client should have it for sure. <laughs> it's kind of like sure. you said, it's like, well, you didn't know you needed it, but you definitely <laughs> need it, right? Like the phone exactly. pop socket. Yeah. So what other ERP products are you compatible with? So our RPM product, which is Rock and Pricing mm-hmm. Management, we've evolved that to be ERP agnostic because over time we've realized that, hey, but MCP does have a limited shelf life. There are other ERP systems out there. So how could we make a pricing engine that worked with other ERPs as well as GP? So we uh, developed that starting about four or five years ago. And then we created a connector definitely for GP. And we've expanded onto Acumatica ISVs as well. And then uh, more recently on the Business Central, the BC platform. So we have that pricing product available for those three ERP systems. And we are looking to expand into likely the CRM, FNO space, and potentially NetSuite and Intact as well. But that's down the future. We don't have those currently. Gotcha. Okay. And and you said for Business Central now you have Rockton Pricing Management, which I think mm. just recently was announced, right? That's so. correct. Yeah, it's a nice addition. Yeah, there's a lot of people moving to BC. And I just heard randomly by a CRM consultant that they were on a Microsoft call that said that BC, what is the second largest, fastest growing product that, that Microsoft has? And I was really shocked. And I said, well, what was number one? He said he didn't know. <laughs> like, I wish I knew. But it is yeah. uh, gaining a lot of traction. Great. You know, I'm, I'm always curious, like, how did you evolve? I know you started with GP originally, but... How did you evolve to these other platforms and kind of why? Yeah, the the big why is uh, actually Kelly is this big picture person. And she saw like 15 years ago, hey, you know what? We're doing great on GP, but we are going to need someday in the future to expand to other things. So what mm-hmm. are we going to do? So we started developing some other stuff. Uh, we did a lot of work inside of CRM. We've since sold off those products. And we just kept looking for the next thing. We've got lots of requests for the pricing product, the Omni price to expand and do more stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, okay, well, as we do this, we need to not be embedded inside of GP. Now, a lot of our current mm-hmm. products are embedded exclusively in GP because yeah. they solve GP specific problems. 
And we're like, okay, we need to get away from that. A lot of the more modern web applications like Acumatica, they don't have those similar problems because it's just the evolution of, from an age standpoint, you don't need SmartFill in Acumatica. It just automatically does that, for instance. So that was kind of uh, Kelly's foresight of going, we need to expand into some other things. And I'm thankful we have, because certainly there has been, unfortunately, a decline in the GP market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those other ERPs need your solution, you know, the wrapped in pricing manager for sure. Is there any industries that you specialize or work with? Yeah, we specialize, especially in the pricing with distribution, uh, distribution and manufacturing. Yeah. And those types of industries that need cost plus pricing over in Acumatica, actually the core of Acumatica doesn't do cost plus, which is a, like a very common pricing oh, methodology and right. we solve that there. Yeah. And, and we have, you know, we get asked this and I also, when we sign up for different trade shows with Microsoft, they were always asking what vertical you in? Well, the vast majority of our tools from the GP legacy have been across all industries. So we're very horizontal. Everybody can use SmartFill. Everybody can use RPM. Everybody can use Toolbox and Auditor. So we're not industry specific there, but we have definitely found that as we move more into that pricing product, that having a focus on distribution has been helpful in kind of narrowing the market. Because as you know, marketing to everybody is really hard. <laughs> right. And and just have really unique things too, right? Like they have, uh, you know, I used to call it the deal of the day, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, they have a special price today or this limited time or for specific customers or tiers of customers. So you get in that complexity and how do you make sure everybody gets, you know, charged the right price or book it to the right accounts if you've got different, you know, adjustments. So yeah, that is, uh, we solved that problem. And then the other thing that we found is that there's a ton of people out there who are working in Excel spreadsheets. It's incredibly common. They like expect their item, export their item list. They update a bunch of pricing. They run some calculations and those Excel spreadsheets sit on one person's desktop. They sometimes load it back in, or sometimes they take these sheets and they give them to the salespeople and the salespeople are like manually typing in prices. And I'm like, what a nightmare. We, we help eliminate all those problems. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's hard to do a real-time quote when you have to go look it up and then get back to them. Great. Well, let's hear the story of how you've helped a customer and, you know, and how you've helped them be successful with your product. <laughs> I love stories and I, I might go on a little too long here because we we got some great ones. There was this uh, this one woman who came into our booth uh, at a trade show once and, I, and I, we told her a new feature and she just like visibly got... But that was, uh, and it was one of the small toolbox features. I think it was uh, one where you could, uh, had approval process for large payments going out that you could have two or three people sign off, something like that. And then one of my other just amazing quotes uh, from a woman who uh, had SmartFill installed and their VAR had done an upgrade. And in the upgrade, they forgot to load SmartFill. And so they had, they'd been using SmartFill for quite some time. They logged in and it wouldn't work. And she's, uh, she just had a complete panic. She called the bars like, this is not going to work because yes, it is that important to what you do. And uh, she told me, she says, I feel like I lost my left arm. I'm like, that's a great quote. So we got that written down and I can, I can actually attest when uh, I think it was like 2012 or so we, we were running GP at that time. I did the same thing and I forgot. And I got through like one transaction. I did a second one. I'm like, I cannot handle this. I cannot function. I'm going to go put SmartFill back on. Right. And then over then over on the RPM side, we recently had a customer that had gone live on Acumatica and they didn't realize that the pricing was limited. And they had four people manually updating prices every single day. And when we went live on RPM, those four people no, were no longer needed. That's a that's a huge win there. 
And then uh, we had a cannabis company over in California and they had this, what sounds like a really common thing. They were also running Acumatica where they had like 20 SKUs of a given of variations of a product, but all 20 SKUs are exactly the same price. And then another product line where all those 20 SKUs were the same price as well. And so that's, you know, two product lines, that's 40 prices when they only needed to manage two and yet all of their products that way. So they only need to, needed prices to price about 5% of their stuff and it just needed to roll down by group. And it's uh, like, yeah, that's yeah. actually kind of common. It's kind of like t-shirts. If you sell yeah. a bunch of t-shirts in three different colors to, you know, three different sizes and three different models, that's three times three, that's 27 different things. If they all the same price, why not just mm-hmm. manage, hey, it's 10 bucks for all 27 of these different things. Well, RPM makes that super easy. And so they are just over the moon about how much wow. more efficient and not having to update a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, that really helps a lot. What are some of the new things you're looking to add and introduce to add some value? Yeah, we are looking to expand actually more of RPM. We're going to be adding uh, commissions. We found that RPM is actually, as it's, as it's calculating prices, it can calculate rebates as well. Mm. So rebate management is huge and we already do that. And then we're like, one day it occurred to me like, wow, this also works for commissions. And so we have this commission engine. And so we started walking around the last trade show we went to and like, wow, there's a couple of commission products here. And I know that commissions are, are really huge. So right. we just have to change like 2% of our code and boom, we have a really robust commission engine. And so that will be coming now that we realize that that's there. <laughs> maybe expanding exchange rate import into more providers there, or maybe moving that on to BC perhaps in the future. Yeah, those are kind of some, some key things that we're working on right now. Okay. So kind of shifting gears a little bit, I want to kind of pick your brain about just what changes have you seen in the channel? Because there's been a lot of changes over the last several years, but what what challenges are you seeing that partners and customers are dealing with and what changes have you seen? Yeah, I think one of the biggest changes I've seen is VAR consolidations. There's been a lot of VARs gobbling up little VARs. A lot of that in the GP space is because the GP populace is actually an aging uh, population. And there's a lot of one-person type VAR organizations that are looking to retire. And so that's, there's a lot of consolidation there. And I also had a recent discussion about a week or two ago with someone who, who noticed that as VARs are expanding into other ERP systems beyond GP, specifically the GP ones, is that they seem to have lost sense that their GP customers still need managed services or they just need new products and stuff. And there's a lot of of great things that you can provide them and provide value. And we've really noticed that the new product sales has dropped down. I was actually afraid that our renewals would would fade over time. And what's actually faded, yeah. uh, those have been very, very strong. It's the new product sales of GP that have kind of waned. And so I'm mm-hmm. really surprised by that, especially when you add things like SmartFlow or these other tools, you can get a whole lot more value out of the system that you're already right. there. And there's no reason to move off of GP. So that's one thing that we definitely that we see. But I also notice that customers are going direct a lot more. I think that's changing the model. A lot oh. of them are doing their own research. It's very, it's a lot more common now for a customer to hunt down their bar and say, hey, I heard about this product. It looks really good. Hook me up. Or just in for or for the part. Hey, mm-hmm. I want to buy this. Go make it happen. That's that's really really a bit changed. I've also noticed that GP VARs are going certainly have picked up other ERP products, and I think that's been pretty obvious. I've seen that too. Yeah, I noticed that in the Acumatica channel specifically that about half the VARs there are GP, and about half are Sage. And so that's an interesting mix. And so it's like a, a yeah. re- little reunion party when you go to those conferences. They usually get to see yeah. old friends and old faces, which is really great. 
And then I've also seen in the channel, certainly the influx of venture capital. Certainly mm-hmm. when Microsoft bought GP, you noticed that the the, do- the almighty dollar was all that mattered. So it had a little bit of a culture shift in the GP space. Well, as Acumatica has grown, they've also got the venture capital people in there as well. And it's been slow and they've said, hey, we're not going to change. They always say that when venture capital be, but you definitely do see that, that as a publisher, they're getting to be a little more corporate and a little less partner friendly. It isn't completely yeah. eroded, but those it's a very slow move. They change margins mm-hmm. year over year and they shrink. And so it becomes less partner centric. And that's mm-hmm. an unfortunate change, but it is the reality of how publishers evolve and the impact of venture capital happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and kind of back to the customers going direct and doing their own research. I, I see that, I see what you mean. You know, people are used to kind of, sort of this like even going to the store versus looking online. They do their shopping online and then they go to the store to buy it, right? Like, okay, yeah. now I've made my buying decision. Kind of the same thing with software. I see people doing their own research and then kind of narrowing it down and then going back to their partner. <laughs> it yep. kind of should be the partner also helping be that, you know, trusted advisor and help them with that, but it doesn't always happen. Right. And so and it, Exactly. I'm so glad you brought that up because as I look at marketing all the time and I think about marketing, I, so I sometimes go out to a site and I want to learn something more about something I'm interested in that I've heard about. And I go to their site and I just roll my eyes like, why can't you provide me some really basic information here so that I can make an informed decision? I have to dig around. I'm like, oh, and then I kind of lose interest. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I wonder if I'm doing that on my site. So I hop over to my own site and go, "Um, I could improve my site too. And so, you know, one thing I encourage every reseller to do is like, think of yourself as a customer, go to your own site and go, hey, could I make this better? Chances are you could. Yeah, that's a good point is look at it from the consumer perspective, right? So I know you talked about kind of what's going on in the Acumatica space a little bit on the venture capital side, et cetera. But what else is happening at Acumatica? Over in Acumatica, I, I'm pretty impressed. They've, I think they've grown really well. I think they're around 12,000 customer sites now. And I think GP you know grew to 30 or 40,000 or so. And they've been around, I think, since 2010. So, you know, in the in the span that they've been, they're right on track with, with uh, modern ERP systems and growth. What I love about them as a company is they spend so much money on R&D. They're like, I think it's like mm-hmm. three quarters of their staff are, are developers or in, in the tech stack. They're just it really- It like that, right? Yeah. yeah just I, lots and lots there. And because of that- what they said that percentage was that they reinvest in R&D, but it, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, it is huge. It's huge. And you see that with every release. Yeah, you can see and, it. Mm-hmm. And, in, and because they spend on R&D, what they are always looking for is the best of breed. And so they integrate with everything in that, you know, co-opetition type of way. They embrace Microsoft, even though they compete on the dynamic side, but they embrace like, we've got to integrate with Word and Excel and work on Azure and work in these things too. These great video or demos that they do on stage with like Amazon Echo or Alexa, like Alexa, post my jail transaction. You're like, okay, that's a little odd, neat demo. Um, They play well with Google. They play well with everybody because of this rich open architecture. And it's really easy to integrate and get data in and out. And because they do that, it's kind of future-proof. And I really like the future-proof stuff. And because they choose with everybody, they can just choose, or you can choose the best of breed or something that works for you. I think that's that's really helpful yeah. as, a, as a design thought. I think it's a very thoughtful organization about mm-hmm. allowing people to get the most out of their investment. 
Yeah, and I've heard that comment before with their architecture that a lot of people that have ISVs or other products find it very beneficial to work with yeah. them and their products. It's not hard at all, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, what about just new trends on the horizon? Are you seeing new things being developed for the future? I think what's fascinating is, is just how the web continues to develop and how marketing continues to develop is is a huge thing. I think Google has this unfortunate huge advantage and everybody's chasing their SEO engine and there's like organizations mm-hmm. who just are updating, helping companies do that. And so having to learn how to market is there, especially when customers are so self-service oriented and they need that information and customers don't like to play on the phone. You know, they don't like to talk to people on the phone, which is, <laughs> which I is actually kind of that. fascinating. We, that is a we, big change. We're huge into customer service and we, once in a while, uh, we get a support uh, case in by email and our support people will read it and they'll go, oh man, this is complicated. This will take me like, you know, a novel to type back. So they just pick up the phone and call the person. And we had this one place where like two minutes after an email was sent, we we called somebody and they're like, who are you? We're rocked in. Oh, I just, me? I just, even, why are you like, oh, I just thought you, it would be easier to talk to you about your problem yeah. and explain it on the phone. And they were just blown away at you know the level of service and yeah. the fact that we would take the time to call. Uh, I think some other key things that are changing is people want to try it before they buy it. So I think trials are really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also provide in that, again, that customer centric thing, I think you need to provide what you have to offer in in all kinds of consumable formats, like in video, in writing, and you know audio, even audio files, podcasts, things like that. I know for me personally, I detest videos. I hate learning things. But it's like, I want to know how to change the battery in my cell phone. I can't figure it out. And all I can find is videos. And I'm just like, okay, I'm immediately putting that at two, two X speed, jumping every ten, two minutes just to find the spot. But I cannot believe how many people love it. Like most of my team, they love videos. They're like, and, and internally we, yeah. we make a lot of videos because people love to consume that way. So I have to think of, you know, <laughs> think of how most people do it just because I don't like videos doesn't mean they're not effective. So we have to keep in that mindset of, of doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, th- I think the whole self-service trend, you know, has been going on for a while. People want to just watch a video or read a blog or research and see what other people do on forums. Like, Absolutely. you know, like our GPUG forum for a long time was a great resource, you know, to go to, to ask questions or see what other people did in the past. So is there any other last minute thoughts that you want to share with us before we conclude? Yeah, I, I think that brand recognition is is one part about, as I think about marketing. And I'm thankful as we've grown and evolved, because we've been around like 24 years, that a lot of people know who Rockton is. And so that is helpful. But I've also see newer ISVs struggle, especially like in, in the Acumatica conference up, the smallest booth you can buy is $23,000. And if you are a small ISV, you just can't afford it. And so I'm thankful that we're in the history that we are to be in that space where there's at least some brand recognition and that's really helpful. I'm excited. I, I know like McCorma is involved. I love McCorma. I love E1's, another great you know GP history. They've expanded other things. And I, I think it's neat that we are all growing and evolving and we keep running into each other and other things because in some ways the ERP space is one big giant family. And I think that family feel of old friends is just a really wonderful part about being part of the ERP ecosystem. Mm -hmm. I think that's lovely. And I think that will continue regardless of what the publishers do. So I think that's great. (laughs) Yeah. And is there any other trends that you're seeing that's driving partners to come talk to you or customers? 
I think with them, actually, it is a struggle. I think the brand recognition is the number one thing because email marketing, like, come check out what it just is, isn't effective. And then we've mm-hmm. also found a great success in customer referrals or customer testimonials. Exactly. Because one thing that where customers don't want to be sold to, but they're, they're happy to talk to other like-minded customers and whatnot. And so we found definitely a right. lot of success. I've also noticed, you know, as a side note to that, as that we are getting prospects for specifically for our, our pricing management product that everybody coming in the door is like, I want to talk to somebody I'm like, oh, so that, that absolute referral is really important. Likewise, mm-hmm. our, you know, ratings and reviews and NPS scores and all that stuff as well. Good. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mark, for joining us today on ISV Talks. And here's Mark's contact information. You can reach out to sales at rockedinsoftware.com, or you can check out their website, rockedinsoftware.com. So thank you, Mark, for joining today. Thank you, Carol. Appreciate the uh, thoughtful questions and the conversation. It's uh, it's always fun to have a conversation with people like you in the channel who know it as well. And I also find that Having conversations just about the channel in general is, are really enriching. And I love having those conversations. So if you know me, or even if you don't know me, feel free to reach out and just have one of those conversations. It doesn't have to be about a sales call. Just talk about the channel because it's really fascinating. I learn lots of new insights by talking to other people about what they're finding out. And I think it's really, right. really valuable. So do reach yeah. out. Appreciate that. All right, friends, we'll see you on the next episode of ISV Talks. Bye-bye.